Yo, what's up, y'all? I just want to give you a quick little disclaimer. Uh, before you listen to the episode that you're about to listen to, me and Khalil talk about a bunch of NFL stuff, but we recorded it before the whole Bears-Panthers trade. Uh, so I just wanted to let y'all know, so when we're talking about stuff, you're not like, yo, why are they not touching on the biggest news in the NFL? Uh, yeah, I couldn't let the episode go to waste because I feel like we had a lot of good conversation, but I just wanted to let y'all know. In short, like, we're going to talk about it on the next episode, but in short... <laughs> The Panthers got fleeced, and uh, Ryan Poles is putting on an absolute master class during free agency right now. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to let y'all know. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. I'll catch y'all on the back end. Turn it up. Turn it up. This is another brand new episode of the Run It Up podcast. Run it up. We going in on everything sports, pop culture, and everything in the world of hip hop. Let's go. This is the Run It Up podcast with Najee Adams. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Run It Up podcast here on the Rise Network. I'm your host, Najee Adams. Feels good to say that because I feel like we took our little, you know how like 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 seasons of television have like breaks, you feel me? I feel like we took a break. You know? It was our mid-season finale. It's a sad break, too. Yeah, it's so <laughs> sad. <laughs> sad break. And now, and now we're back. Today, I got my boy Khalil with me. Justice could not join us. Uh, but he'll be back. He'll be back. Don't even worry about it. Uh, today, actually, before I say all that, make sure y'all subscribe to the pod. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Twitter at Run It Up Pod on TikTok. I believe it's at the Run It Up Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Naj Adams underscore Khalil on Twitter at Below Forty Four. Justice just changed his Twitter to like J Again. Reed. It's yeah. like J A Y Reed. It might be a two after it. <laughs> I think he felt lame with just. Yeah, I know. I think he felt lame, <laughs> so he had to change it. Um. We're in a group message with some other guys. I think they're making fun of them. <laughs> so he had to change it. Yeah, make sure you go follow my boy. Um, and uh, subscribe to the pod. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, leave that five-star rating and review. Uh, before we get into everything, I'm going to tell you all what it is we're going to get into. it. We're talking about basically the Seahawks and the Titans because those are our two favorite NFL teams. I'm sure Justice would love to chat about the Panthers if he was here, but nope. So we don't have to talk about them, thankfully. We got the Seahawks, the Titans. We're going to talk Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, talk about some NFL combine stuff, go over the quarterbacks. You know, just talk all things NFL going on right now and then dive into a little bit of NBA too. But before we get into that, y'all know we got to hit you with the song of the week. Uh, mine's actually pretty easy because I have not added much music to my library. I don't know if it's been like slow for music in 2023 or what, maybe just the artists I listen to have been dropping, but I haven't added much, but I did add a song by Tusi. It's called favorite song. It's called favorite <laughs> song. And, um, yeah, it's really the, the last song I added since I don't even know. Uh, That's new. That's new, right? Yeah, it's new. It's like his most famous streaming song it just came out and it just went crazy uh so yeah y'all finna hear two c favorite song right now i'm on the stage right now singing your favorite song look in the crowd ain't nowhere to be found as they sing along i say you look good without no makeup no lashes even better when you wake up Boom. And so we are back. I hope y'all enjoyed that. I'm excited for Khalil. It's been like two weeks of me not hearing Khalil's song of the week. So I feel like I need one right now. So what is it? Hit, hit, hit me with it, bro. 
Uh, I'm going R&B right now. R&B is like my go-to genre for pretty much any mood. Uh, I think I'm saying his name right. Like, I don't listen to him a whole lot. Like, I've heard people talk about him a lot. His name is, I think it's Jack James. Uh, Jack spelled like J-V-C-K. I think whatever. Justice had, he was one of the Justice so. songs yeah. the weeks before. I hope I hope it's not the same song. Uh, the song's called No Drama, though. Really good song. I swear it might be the same thing. Dude, if it, no, I hope not. Crap, I hope not. Wait, I don't know. Hold on. See, I now, gotta... I wanna, see now I'm trying to change it. No, nah, it might be. I feel like, hold on. What is it? Jack James, No Drama? I'd have to listen to it, but I feel like it might be. It might not be, though, because it's not coming up on like on YouTube as me having have watched it before. So right. maybe it's not. But when I listen oh, to gosh. it, I'll know. I'm yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah, I'm finna hear Jack James right now. Yeah, I remember it because he, it was like J-V-C-K, so it stood out to me, but yeah, it might not. It probably isn't the same shit. If it is, who cares? Um, And boom, we are back. We are back. So I hope you no, I got two questions. I got a question for you. One question for sure. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, please go. Have you me. watched Creed 3 yet? I haven't watched Creed 1 or 2. What? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I, the first one, I was just kind of like, I could care less about this because it was being billed as like a Rocky thing. And I didn't watch any of the Rocky. So I was like, I don't care. And then Creed 2, I was like, well, I didn't watch Creed 1. So well, I'm going to watch Creed 2. Oh, and so now Creed 3 is here. And I'm like, well, now I got to watch like four hours of movies to watch this movie. So it's just not worth it, you know? It is worth it. No, it's worth it. No, I don't <laughs> know a, if it is. No, it's a really good franchise. Like by itself, its own extension, it's really good. Like Creed I heard people one, love it. Yeah, Creed 1 is, I think, is the best one out of the three uh, so far. And then I think 2, Creed 2 is, like, probably the third best. And I think the most recent one is, like, the second best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fight scene in this most recent one is the best fight scene I've ever seen in my life. It's I kept, beautiful. I keep seeing people say that because I he was, like, it was, Mike B. Jordan said it was, like, anime inspired. Yes. And like, he Which did, is, like, how's that going to work, right? Oh, my. No. <laughs> Nah, it works. He said, it, I saw in the article that like he did all these like different uh, like angles that haven't been seen in like fight movies before. It works. It's crazy. It, it works. I can't wait till it's on HBO Max so I could just skip to the end and watch the fight. I was on the edge of my seat, bro. It was perfect. No, I, I want to see, or at least I want to see the fight because I've heard so much good shit yeah. about it. So, And it's Jonathan Majors. He's on a historic run right now. He's my God, crazy. he's about to play Dennis Rodman. It's insane. <laughs> but, uh, like, phenomenal acting. He's great. Michael B. Jordan's really good in that movie. You got to watch it, bro. What was the other thing you had to ask me? I, I, I was going to talk to you about The Last of Us. So just a no, bit, bro, but... we have to talk about <laughs> it. That is the greatest. Sh- like, I, I, I say shows are good all the time. Like, Invincible. Invincible is a great show. One of my oh, favorite man. shows of, what was that, 2021? One of my favorite shows of 2021. Severance. Great show on Apple TV if you've never seen it. Absolutely love that show. Greatest show of 2022. The Last of Us is a top, one of my favorite shows of all time. Like, <laughs> like that shit is special, bro. Yeah, it, it's it's a uh, it's phenomenal. We, we were talking about it on Twitter uh, last night, the other day. I don't know, 
what it was, but the writing, uh, the build, like I, I was skeptical about it after the first episode. I didn't know what to think. I didn't play the video games. So mm-hmm. I also lack a lot of context, uh, but talking with some people like they think it compares very well. Um, but the writing itself, the actors, like it's a great show, man. Like, I don't know. It's a great show. No, I played the first one. So like, I'm pretty, and like, I know part bits and pieces of the second one, but like, I didn't play the second one. So a lot of the chunks, I don't know what happens, but I definitely played the first one. And so I know kind of where the story goes, but it didn't, and that didn't impact my experience at all. Like, even though I know what's going to happen, I'm still like, yo, I need to see it play out again. And I know a lot of people were giving Bella Ramsey like shit for, cause they didn't think that she was going to be a good cast. Bella no. Ray, man, give her her <laughs> Emmy. I do not care. Give her her Emmy, bro. Give my son Pedro Pascal his Emmy. Both of them, oh. like the 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 connection, the relationship they've been able to build in what eight hour long episodes is insane. Like I buy that they that they, like they're a real life father and daughter. Like it's crazy. Right. Like it, it's that's. Yeah. I had a friend that watched uh, the last episode and she's, she was like, yeah, I, I asked her how it went. And she's like, there's a lot of blood. And I cried at the end. So I didn't know what to think. And we get to the last episode, uh, try not to spoil it, but you know, there was a lot of blood all at the last part for the most part. And then uh, they finally, they find each other, whatever. And I just like, I start to understand why she was crying. Did you cry? Dude. I'm Yeah. A little bit, but like, (laughs) I respect it, but bro, like, you felt everything like you felt how they felt uh it like just popped off the screen like that relationship really like showed itself and it's all it's been like a a gradual thing like joel building up you know or or actually tearing down his walls i should say and you know building uh, breaking down those barriers uh, and it really just like came to fruition in this past episode like glaring i don't know no i'm not like a big show crier or like a movie crier like the last movie i cried at was endgame avengers endgame when iron man died and like that's a 10-year build-up you know like that was really nine-year-old Najee crying you feel me because that was (laughs) 10 years ago you feel me and so that was the last movie i cried the last show i cried at was stranger things the finale and now even that's three years long like I didn't cry season. I mean, episode three of this, the Bill and Frank episode almost got me. That almost got you. That almost (laughs) got me, bro. That almost got me because when he, I don't want to spoil it, but like, it's a very emotional episode. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's probably my second favorite episode of the series so far. I think my favorite episode is episode six. uh, When they have the scene in the bedroom, like at Joel, Joel and Ellie, I think that's my favorite, my favorite scene. Because uh, that was one of my favorite scenes from the game. And so I was like, I wonder if it's going to lose its, you know, like flair when they bring it to live action. And it hit just the same, hit probably even better. <laughs> and and so, yeah, the episode six is probably my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of television of all time. But if you guys are not watching The Last of Us, you need to watch The Last of <laughs> Us. Um, so, yeah, that was movie and TV corner with Najee and Khalil. Um, yeah. But we're going to dive into sports. So, I don't know where you want to start, bro. You want to start with the Titans? Because I don't really got nothing written for the Titans. I don't I haven't been keeping up with y'all offseason. So don't go to Seahawks me. actually first. We can go Seahawks. Oh, you want to go Seahawks? Yeah, I want to hear I want to hear what you guys say. I'm you've been saying it for a while. I really I want to hear what you guys say right now, especially after the combine. All right. So I'm ready. Listen, listen to me, Khalil. So I I think it was well documented if you listen to this podcast that I did not, I was fine 
walking away from Geno Smith. I've said for the longest time that I want us to draft a quarterback. And we obviously fast forward to today. We obviously re-signed Geno Smith to a contract extension. Uh, it was reported at three years, 150, 105 million, uh, to which I quote tweeted on Twitter and said, this is an absolute monstrosity. This is a disgrace. I'm glad, like, don't get me wrong, separate the, the, the person from the deal, right? Like I'm super hyped for Geno Smith to get his bread. I just wasn't willing to be the team that gave it to him. And so all rip, like you have to be very careful about how contracts are reported because their agents reach out to Shefty and Rappaport and tell them, oh yeah, three year, $105 million deal to make it look good. The actual details of the deal made me feel significantly better about the deal. Uh, the same thing with Danny Dimes, like he did not, he's not making four years, 160 mil. Derek Carr isn't making four years, 150 mil. Like it's all like that's what the contracts were reported as. And when you look at the details of it, that's not what it is. And so for me, like I said, I felt like we should draft a quarterback. And if anything, this contract, I've never been more confident that we are <laughs> going to draft a quarterback. So when you look into everything, Geno Smith, we re-signed him to a three-year, $75 million deal, 40 mil guaranteed, 30 mil in incentives. He's making 28 million this year, 22 million next year, 25 million in year 2025. So the guarantee applies for all of 2023, right? So the like the, of the 40 mil guarantee, 28 of that comes in 2023. That means we have to pay him 12 mil guarantee next year. And in 2025, we owe him absolutely nothing. So it's really a two-year deal because we have an out after year three. Now, his incentives, 30 million incentives, directly tied to his play. And he gets 2 million each for the follow. I'm about to read it all because I got the, <laughs> got the details. He gets 2 million each uh, for the following things. So he needs 4,282 passing yards. That is what he got this season. He was one of eight quarterbacks to reach that mark. He needs 30 touchdowns, which is what he got this season. He was one of four quarterbacks to reach that mark. Gino, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow. I mean, come on. One of these things is not like the other. Am I right? Uh, he needs a 69.755 completion percentage. He led the league in completion percentage this year, 69.8, which is basically what this is. And then he needs 100.874 passer rating. He had 100.9 this season, basically what this is. One of four QBs to reach that mark, Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Geno. And then he needs 80% playing time and 10 wins or make the playoffs. We finished nine and eight this season. We made the playoffs. So basically, if he hits all those, he gets two mil each and then five mil if he hits all of them. So that's 15 mil in incentives. He has to have the exact same season or greater than he had to reach the, the max amount of money. Now, listen, if Geno Smith plays like he did last year, then he's well-deserving of all 25 mil, of all 15 mil, of all 30 mil in incentives, whatever it is, he deserves it all. If he does all this again, then I will have no qualms. I will I have no <laughs> problem with it. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't get it. A beautiful contract. I'm happy with the deal. He'll be making what, 28 mil this year? 
when you look at the rest of the quarterbacks in the league, right? Aaron Rodgers obviously makes an insane amount of money. He makes 50 mil, but in like the mid-tier quarterbacks, 28 mil. So Ryan Tannehill makes 29.5. I would say Geno played much better than Ryan Tannehill last year. Matt Ryan made 30 mil. Uh, Jared Goff makes 33.5. Kirk Cousins makes 35. Derek Carr makes 37.5. Actually, Derek Carr really doesn't make 37.5. Like his contract is also kind of weird. He makes 28.5 as his signing bonus this year and then 1.5 fully guaranteed. So he makes 30 mil next season. Uh, Daniel Jones makes something around that too. And so when you look at those quarterbacks, Geno Smith played vastly better than everyone that is around his pay grade. So I think we got him at a steal. Uh, I'm not mad at that at all. I think, like I said, this sets him up even better, sets us up even better to draft a QB in 2023. Uh, it's basically a two-year deal, right? You know, like we're still trying to compete. Why? If we're at, num- like, if Gino, if we believe that we're paying Gino this much to make the playoffs for the next two years, we must believe that we're not going to have a high enough draft pick to pick a quarterback in these next two years. It's only a three-year deal. So in three years, if Gino continues to play well, we won't have a high pick to draft a quarterback. But you know when we do have a high pick? This year, Khalil. (laughs) We have a high pick this year. And John Schneider has never been afraid to go for QB prospects he loves. 2017, he loved Pat Mahomes. We obviously didn't get him, but hey, that's a hell of a guy to love. In 2018 which I believe really started the Russell Wilson crack in the, in the, you know, in our relationship with him, he went to Josh Allen's pro day. And there was talk of us trading a prime Russell Wilson to get Josh Allen. Hell in 2012, we signed Matt Flynn to a three year, $26 million deal, drafted Russell Wilson, started Russell Wilson, made the divisional his rookie year, won the Super Bowl his sophomore year. And then almost, we all know how that went his third year. And so, Listen, man, if we're at five, I don't know how we can, a lot of all these mocks I see, every single mock I see is like, oh, she will say Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. What is Tyree? Tyree Wilson is cool. Great little edge. Great edge rusher. You almost said that. Great little edge. He's cool. That's fine. But I would, I would rather take an edge at 20, 15 picks later and take Anthony Richardson. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's the perfect guy to sit behind Gino for two years. He's he's going to have to redshirt his 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 freshman year. He already said that. He They asked him about it at the combine. He was like, yeah, I'm willing to sit to learn. Learn behind the guy that sat and learned for 10 years. <laughs> it's perfect. Come on, Khalil. Talk to me. I don't went on my rant. Talk to me. So you want them to take AR? That's I want, want them to take Anthony Richardson, the Florida Gator. <laughs> All right, man. Then what about your what about your team needs? Let's talk about that real quick. Okay. What is, besides besides a quarterback, which mm-hmm. you technically don't need, no. you'll need later. Yes. What do you all need right now? We need a center because Austin Blythe, our center, retired. So we are yeah. currently without one. Uh, we need D line bad. bad. Very bad. A lot. The defensive line, bad. The whole thing. Uh, yeah, the whole thing. We desperately need linebacker play because Jordan Brooks tore his ACL. Uh, yeah. And even before then, he wasn't great, but, you know, he was he was serviceable. Cody Barton is not good. He's a free um, agent. So we need linebackers. And 
outside, I mean, Jamal Adams is he's far, he's still under contract. We he's the highest paid player on our team, hasn't yeah. played in two years, but you know, highest paid player on our team. Uh, and and yeah, and I think that's that's really it. I think we need linebacker. Hey. I think. Diggs is coming off an of injury, right? Andre Diggs coming off injury, but he was still he was still a Pro Bowler. You know, you only got one corner. I I would say you only got one corner. We only have one corner. We do only you have got one corner. But Brian most Nail teams only have one corner. Let's be real here. Most teams only have one corner. <laughs> Come on now, how many teams is throwing out two All Pro All Pro? I'm not all saying guys? like I'm not saying you got to get an All Pro. But, I mean, and his cornerback class is deep, but you got to get another guy out there too. Hey, Tariq Willow was a fifth round pick, my boy. That's true. That's true. Come on. That's true. Come on. It, so it depends on what the draft, what the rest of the draft looks like for the Seahawks. And but if corner is a need, and it is a need for a lot of the teams, uh, those corners are going to go, and they're going to go very quickly too. So you got to prioritize that. What other teams need, what other teams are doing. It depends on the depth. Uh, of course, you need edge. Y'all don't have very much out there. No. Um, so like taking a, a, a Tyree, taking a, a Will Anderson, taking one of those guys is very um appealing right i would say it's appealing but yeah in the grand scheme of things is tyree wilson winning me a super bowl i don't think so is He's anthony richardson is anthony richardson winning me a super bowl that's He's a crazy gonna... thing to say <laughs> i'm not about to, i'm not about to say that i refuse <laughs> but the quarterback position is more vital to winning a, a super bowl is what i will say <laughs> do you know brett coleman on twitter of course, he's doing the, the rebuild series on YouTube and the Seahawks are next because he's, he's going phenomenal. in order. I don't think he had a tweet the other day about them not taking the quarterback at five or, or I don't even think I don't even think in the first round. He had them addressing team needs first, taking he loves Tyree Wilson, by the way. So taking like a Tyree Wilson, everyone or, loves or maybe, Tyree Wilson. He's a freak uh, or taking the Will Anderson. And then maybe oh, let me just say and the only reason i'm willing to not take anthony richardson at five grant he might not even fall till five but the only reason i'm not willing to take anthony richardson at five is if somehow will anderson is there i'll say really okay okay (laughs) and then yeah i think he had this tweet about them taking dtr out of ucla uh i thought he looked really good in the combine he trained with uh jordan palmer i believe and like anthony richardson all those guys uh, for the combine, uh, like he's, his throwing looks really good. And I think he's like an under the radar sleeper type of quarterback, uh, a guy who can develop in a year or two years, and then you can still for the rest of your team needs. So how is that? I mean, I, and of course, there still needs to be some evaluation with DTR. Like I still have to do that. Uh, something you can look into. I don't know if you have or not, but like, what do you think about something like that? It's not so it's taking it's not taking a, a guy with a really high elite upside and elite traits, but you're still addressing team needs, getting an elite guy at a very much needed position. If you're not going to take, you know, a, a quarterback, you know, go on the other end, take a guy who's going to sack the quarterback and get you an elite edge who can, you know, get past rush, but also help defend the run too. I don't I, know. I, just, I, I, no, no, no. I love it. I wouldn't hate it. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I would be pretty mad if the Seahawks didn't take if Anthony Richardson's on the board at five yeah. and we didn't take him, I would I would be upset. I'm not gonna lie. Because right. I think if we didn't have pick 20, I would get it. But I feel like we can find edge help at pick 20. Like Brian Brisset will be there, Nolan Smith, all guys yeah. that are projected to be around that 20th pick. 
And I think that they can help us off the edge too. I'm not going to lie. We also have a decent amount of cap space. We could sign guys in free agency. Listen, Khalil, <laughs> I'm worried about quarterback, man. All right. I'm sorry. Geno Smith is 33 years old and he's been a career backup for a decade. I do. I, I don't. And he had three fourths of a good season. I, I'm not sure that I'm willing to give the keys to the franchise to Geno Smith. I'm not. I typically lean towards the team building aspect of things. Uh, but if there's a guy you love and there's a guy that you want to take a risk on, I mean, you, you have to, even if it's at five and even if it's on, at a shot like Anthony Richardson, who honestly isn't as bad as people uh, said he was, isn't as bad as the box score would present or display. So it really just depends on what. Listen, they man, think. I believe in the talent. I believe in the athleticism. <laughs> I believe in the like you'll put it together, you know. Like I, I believe that I'm a firm believer in like BPA, like best player available. You take them, you figure yeah. it out later. You know, you develop them. You, you it, found- the foundation's there. Uh, I'm looking at some of these notes, just watching film on them. Like uh, the movement in the pocket, like it is there. Um, you know, being able to run, create off script, like it is there. He processes, he reads. Like he is, he looks like a quarterback there. You know, he has a foundation. He has a lot of stuff to build on. Um, Florida didn't have a lot of great talent on offense. Uh, the play calling was sketchy sometimes. A lot of receivers had a lot of drops. Um, you know, there's some, uh, of course, there's stuff he has to work on, being more intentional. I think uh, even being a little bit more robotic with his movement, uh, especially like getting the ball out quick in the short game, getting the ball out for screens. But like he has a foundation and a lot of good things to work on. And of course, you look at, uh, someone called him like a low four, high ceiling type of guy, or a lot of people would say that. Uh, but you look at it like a Justin Fields and what he's doing right now. If you can prepare that playbook uh, to, you know, cater to his needs, that floor is going to look a little bit different. Like that low floor, per se, is going to look a little bit different. If you can really cater to his strengths until he can get to that point with the accuracy, getting uh, being consistent, uh, get his feet right, all that stuff, too. So he has those inconsistencies, but he has a lot to work with and a great foundation, I think. And the arm, the arm's crazy, bro. The arm is crazy. <laughs> the arm bro. is crazy. Like, like I, I think that you, a lot of people discount how important having, or like how far a rushing quarterback in the league can take you. And like at, at bare minimum, you know, Anthony Richardson can run the ball. Like you've already seen what Lamar Jackson do, MVP, blah, blah, blah. Daniel Jones got the Giants to the second round throwing 15 touchdowns all season. Like, come on. <laughs> Justin Fields single-handedly willed the Bears to be close in games. Yeah, by, by just running. <laughs> like, it's, if, if you think a guy is made of the right stuff, so like, let's think about the right stuff. So Jalen Hurts is a, a leader. Like he is a, a man among men. Like he is made of the right stuff. He's going to say all the right things. He's going to lead the right way. Keep guys accountable. Keep himself accountable. And he's going to, he's working all the time. And he's gotten better every single year uh, he's played football. So if you got a guy like that who has things to work on but still has a foundation and is going to work on those things, and you think Anthony Richardson is that guy, I would probably take him at five as well. Yeah, you would. <laughs> and, yes, we will. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I really that's, – that's my pick. I want us to take Anthony Richardson at five. I think John Snyder wants to take Anthony Richardson at five. And I would be I, – I, my pick is that the Seahawks take Anthony. Like, I think they are going to take Anthony Richardson at five or a quarterback at five. Let's try to – let's try to Bryce fall. <laughs> and I'm going crazy. Bryce um, scares me. I'm not going to lie to you. I think he scares a lot of people with the size. It's just – that, and that's it, bro. Like, people talk about Kyler 
and it's, that's not a fair comparison at all because they they aren't they just aren't the same player. Same size, uh, in a sense. Like if you look at the just the measurements of like being five ten or whatever, uh, so many pounds. Uh, what college thicker? Um, they weighed in at the same though the combine, but Bryson is not gonna play at two or four, two or three. Um, but like Bryce just isn't that same type of quarterback. He doesn't move that type of way. He isn't uh, like a, a generational or an elite runner uh, using his legs that way. He can use his legs. He can play off schedule, but it's not the same as Kyler Murray. Uh, and even then. That just that just scares me with his size. That scares me so much, you know. Because do you think do you think he took a hit not throwing in the at the combine? No, I don't think so. The throwing the throwing is there. The throwing is really good. Uh, you just gotta look at the film. Like it is, it's beautiful, <laughs> man. Um, and plus, with not like a great uh, receiving core at Alabama, I think that makes you. He he had to throw more uh, Sunday NFL type of throws, and you can really see that on the film. Uh, he created a lot. Like he, he's fine. He didn't have to throw. Um, that's I just think it's his size that gets mm. that gets people and it gets me. I feel that, but I mean, hello, talk. We done talking. We've been talking a lot about the Seahawks here. Yes. yes. Let's talk about your Titans, bro. How you feeling? How's the offseason? Y'all talking about trading Derrick Henry? What are we doing? What's going? So on? I don't. I don't know what's going on. Uh, being that we have a new, a new guy in office, UGM. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. Of course, I feel a lot better that he's coming from San Francisco. Like they have a great track record of drafting, with building teams. Uh, they've. They are always in the thick of things. Like they always have a great team. They just always haven't gotten the quarterback thing right. You know, um, <laughs> but things are good over in San Francisco. So I feel really good about that. He's a. He's a good looking black man. I feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, it feels sir. nice to have in Tennessee. Yes, sir. Um, you know, but I think we're doing I think he's going in the right direction. We've made some cuts, uh, even some difficult cuts. But we made some cuts like Taylor Lewan, uh being a long Titan guy. Um, we I think that was just necessary. He hasn't played he about going to the Chiefs. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to. He, he isn't healthy. I don't. So like paying him a lot of money or paying him much. Uh, I don't think it is very smart for a team just depends on you do the contract, of course. Um, but we made cuts. We, you know, cut Lawan, cut Rainy Bullock, uh, our kicker, Zach Cunningham, Robert Woods. I think we cut Bud Dupree. I knew that was reported, but I don't know if it's like confirmed or not. Uh, but that's huge. And being 23 mil in cap space now is a great place to be at. We got the 11th pick. Uh, we got a second round, a third round, fifth round, sixth and seventh. Um, I, I think we have some op- options at the 11th pick. Um, when it goes down to team needs, uh, we need tackle play. We need <laughs> interior offensive alignment. <laughs> we need receiver. I was about we, to say, you need receiver. We need receiver. We need cornerback, bro. Uh, we've drafted cornerbacks in each of the last few drafts, and uh, they, they've hit in some type of ways, but they also just haven't been very, very consistent. The last one we drafted in the first round, if I'm not mistaken, was Caleb Farley. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of injury stuff coming in, and he's coming off an injury right now, so I don't know how that's going to look. Um, so he hasn't been what he's needed. What we needed him to be uh, inside linebacker. Uh, if we don't bring back David, David Long, especially edge Landry, Harold Landry's coming off of an ACL injury, too. So well, we didn't generate really any pressure uh, very well last season. And also, if you want to go down to it a little bit tight end and if you want to quarterback, depending on what happens with Tannehill. So I think we have options at 11. A lot of mock drafts will have us picking uh, offensive tackle. Uh, I think one of the guys, so Paris Johnson out of Ohio yep. State. Uh, looking at a mock right now, Paris yeah. Johnson. To the Jones, Jones out of uh, Georgia. I think there's a guy out of Northwestern or something like that. People have us taking. 
Um, there is another guy, Anton Harrison, I believe. He might be Alabama. Going off a member here. But, you know, there's options at offensive line. A receiver, I feel like, might be a little bit too high for 11. Like, I like Jordan Addison. Uh, didn't exactly test as well as you wanted him to, but I, I like him a lot. And, of course, you look at guys like Zay Flowers. I love Zay Flowers, but even then, cornerback will be a really good one to take as well at, at 11. Really good value there, too. Uh, so it really just depends on what that looks like. And even I, I even think trading down is another thing we can look at, too, even if you go off of history. So I think there are options. I'm just really nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm not saying I want to cut Ryan Tannehill because I don't know what life looks like after that. There's a lot of smoke about the Titans trading. You got trading. Malik Willis. You got Malik Willis, and that did not look good about last <laughs> season. And, you know, the, I think there was a tweet the other day. Someone said something about um, if you are getting a guy past the second round, third, fourth round quarterback, do not bank on him being your guy. Uh, I love Malik Willis coming in. Like, I was super excited. It felt like I had a franchise quarterback. I don't know what that looks like right now. And a lot of there's a lot of smoke about the Titans trading up to get a quarterback. That – Take, that's going to take a lot, and we don't have a lot. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, so I'm I'm a little nervous. I don't know, and there's a lot of smoke with Henry. We got to resign Jeffrey Simmons. Like, dude, I don't I don't know what we're doing. Would I'm nervous, Naj. Would you be happy trading Derrick Henry? Or is that a uh, no-no for you? Bro, I, I think it depends on what we're getting back. Like, if you're – so if you're going to trade a running back like Derrick Henry, uh, you – probably need to do it sooner rather than later or maybe maybe during the season mid-season um typically i'd probably like to do it before the draft uh just to you know get something back and help us build a team right now um but to probably probably you want to stick with him because i don't think that i don't think the value is going to be where where you would want it to be right now uh crazy running back for agency class coming up right now even though saquon barkley just got his franchise tag uh, but there's this also a crazy running back class with this draft uh, sort of say. So it really, I don't think people are going to be pushing in a lot of chips for Derek Henry right now. You know, like it's not going to be the same for what Christian McCaffrey got traded for. Cause that was in season 49ers needed to make a move. Like I don't think teams are exactly feeling that type of urgency right now. Yeah. I think CMC and Derek Henry just also serve very different purposes. Like CMC is, is a weapon. Yeah, they, He's they do. 26. Derrick Henry's a brawler. He's 29. You know, like that three-year difference, especially at the running back position, is big for teams. Um, I think there – and there's a difference with the age, but when it comes to Henry, I think the wear and tear is a little bit different for him. Uh, he's mostly been healthy all his all of his career, but he hasn't been a guy uh, starting out the gate. And he also came from Alabama, so it's not like he got a lot of wear and tear there himself yeah. too. So it's a he little bit different. behind DeMarco Murray for like the first, what, two, three years? Yeah, so – it's just a little bit different for Henry. And as long as he's coming back from injury, um, you know, having a full seat off season to get healthy, like I think he's going to be just as the same as he has been. It's just getting everything else in order, especially that offensive line. Cause it was poop. It's been and pretty got, And got to get healthy. Yeah. He got to get healthy. It's pretty tragic for running backs because they all got tagged. Like Saquon got tagged. Josh Jacobs was the league's leading rusher, tagged. Yeah. Tony Pollard, tagged. It's like, damn, no team is willing to really commit long-term to these guys, especially when you look at how that's worked out in the past. Like, I remember the Rams paid Todd Gurley, and that didn't work out too hot. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the Cowboys regret the Zeke thing. 
I don't know how they feel about Kamara. The, the Dalvin Cook isn't really looking to take a pay cut, even though the Vikings are trying to negotiate. So I think that a lot of these teams, as running backs get older, just they kind of don't want to pay them, especially when you could find a Damian Pierce. You could find, a, uh, especially in a draft like this. Yeah. You know, you could find a Damian Pierce. You could find a, a Tyler Algier, you know, like guys like that who you, you have to spend not much draft capital on to get great production out of. Um and so, yeah, I think it's really tough for running backs to get paid. So I'll see what we'll see what happens with Derrick Henry. Um, I did want to talk to you about the combine, though, because I know you have some notes, my boy. So I feel like we've already gone over Anthony Richardson. Obviously, he was by far the most athletic quarterback in the, the, the class. He yeah, had one of the score, most, right? Yeah, he, he's, he was graded the most athletic quarterback in combine history. Uh, his ranks, like I'm going to give you his like he's 6'4". Uh, that's the tallest quarterback in the draft. He's 244 pounds. That's the heaviest quarterback in the draft. Uh, he ran a 4-4-3. That's the fastest quarterback in the draft. Uh, his vert was 4.5. That's also the highest of all quarterbacks. And his broad jump was 10. 10 I don't even know how to say it, but it was yeah, like yeah. 10, 10, 9, 10 feet, 9 inches, yeah, I, I want to say, good, I guess. Yeah. And so... That was also first in the draft. And so, yeah, he just had an outrageous combine, even in the throwing section of it, which is really a receiver drill. But even in the throwing section of it, he looked really good. He was airing that shit out. Yeah. He, he was doing his thing. Um, he had Indy roaring whenever he was throwing it. Uh, his deep ball looked good. Um, and, yeah, I think is, – is there any – I think Anthony Richardson has been far and away covered. I think he was the – he rose quite a lot. There's people talking about taking him number one top three yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's gonna happen but did you have any other notes on anthony richardson bro uh no like the guy is a freak he looks like a, a linebacker or, or an edge rusher playing quarterback i mean running a 4-4 is insane being at that type of size 6-4 240 <laughs> like that's that's not normal <laughs> fourth fourth fastest uh 40 in combine qb history it was only vic reggie mcneil and rg3 that's not normal it's <laughs> crazy uh, so when you look at the traits, look at the, the how much of a, an athlete he is, and then you look at the film, like it it won't be hard for a team to fall in love with a guy like that and take him at five. Yeah, I fell in love. <laughs> I fell hard because right before I think right before the combine, you were like, "I'm not, I'm not into that. Like, I'm not into. I'm not taking Anthony Richardson. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then you see him, and, and and that's what combines are for in that way. You know, you want the. You want to see the how a guy moves, how a guy runs, how he looks, how he looks around other, you know, elite athletes as well. And, you know, he tested, you know, the best of them. So that was a new experience for me because I've never I've always watched the combine, but I've never watched for quarterbacks because we've had Russell Wilson for almost 10 years. Yeah. And uh, last year we didn't have a high pick. So it was like, hey, it is what it is. We had pick six, but I didn't think any quarterbacks were falling the six. Right, right, and right. so this year I watched it knowing that, you know, like, Hey, I want a quarterback. So <laughs> I was looking at, and yo, his, I've never came into something with such, I, I came in knowing like, I do not like Anthony Richardson as a prospect. And then I watched him throw. I watched him run. I watched him jump. I was like, I started going back, watching highlights. I watched the the, the QB school guy. What I can't remember his name, but his. JT. Yeah. yeah, I watched his video on him. I'm like, yo, Anthony Richardson might be QB one in the draft. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but 
I want him at five is all I know. But enough about Anthony Richardson, bro. Did you did you see anything else out of CJ Stroud? Any other guys? Uh, there's a lot of people who thought CJ Stroud was probably the best quarterback there. Uh, at least throwing the football, he is. He makes it. He's just so effortless, man. So if you and if you look at there's like concerns with CJ Stroud and you know his, the full season he put together, uh, not using his legs very much. Um, I think there's a guy on TikTok who was like very low on CJ Stroud because he he didn't. He wasn't like a baller, you know, like he didn't want to mm-hmm. like he didn't make it seem like he wanted to win or do whatever he took to win. Like if you compare him to a Justin Fields, like he that dude played broken ribs mm-hmm. in, a, in a title game. Like he put it on the line and, you know, CJ, CJ Stroud never presented himself as that type of guy. Uh, and then you look at the Georgia game. Uh, he put it all out on the line there. He had an amazing game. Um, he made some huge throws against a really good defense, uh, a really good SEC defense. And then if you. Then skip forward to the combine like he was just the best thrower and he, he just makes it look very clean. He's very effortless. Uh, he can make all the throws, has amazing touch, but also can drive, has really good arm strength, uh, has made some of the best throws I've seen in college football. Uh, so a guy like CJ Stroud, I think, was just huge. Um, Will Levis looking at him, uh, you know, what you see on film is I think it's just kind of the same thing about what you see uh, at places like the combine or anything that way, too. Uh, just kind of like struggles with some of the easier, not easier throws, but I think he struggles with his feet um, and just being consistent that way. I think he's he has NFL traits. He has a big arm. Uh, he can you know process. He can read, but he just isn't always consistent. And I think that you know some of his film can draw back to like the offensive weapons around him, the offensive line, the play caller. Uh, but also you know what he's doing out there too doesn't help himself as well. And then going to JSN out of Ohio State. Uh, you, you talked about him. We talked about him a little bit before this, but for a guy not to run the 40 and it not hurt his draft stock or actually raise his draft stock, I think is pretty incredible. And it speaks a lot to like what he did and what he was able to do. You want to talk a little bit about him? I think for me, I came in to the combine not really having uh, a wide receiver one. I was really high on Quinton Johnston until the national championship game. Uh, and granted, they were playing against Georgia, but I feel like in the biggest game of your career to basically be a no show against what you would consider, you know, NFL level defensive players kind of really took took some stock down for me there. Like if there was any game for you to ball out, it was that game for me. And granted, I think they were just out of their league to begin with. But regardless, you got to win, like at least at your one on one position, you got to win. And mm-hmm. he, he didn't really do that for me. So that kind of knocked him down. Uh, Zay Flowers, I've, I've always been pretty high on. I think he had a really good combine, too. Uh, um, but JSN for me was always like the I really wanted him to play this last season because he put up 1600. So looking at his. 2021 stats he put up 1606 yards on a 22.7 target share and that's playing with garrett wilson who just won offensive rookie of the year and chris olave who was what a runner-up for offensive rookie of the year one of the contenders yeah. for offensive rookie of the year two of the the, the two best wide receivers from that draft last year's draft class he played with them both of them have been on record saying jackson smith and jigba is better than both of us and so i mean they were in practice with him every day they they know him inside and out and so i'm not going to take their word for it because obviously that's their man's they're trying to raise his draft stock but just looking at his on-field production playing with them and being the wide receiver one 
I think that means something. I think he's the, the most polished. I think he's the smoothest. I think outside of like straight line speed, he's got everything you look for in a wide receiver prospect. He's got size. Uh, he, he, like I said, he doesn't have like blazing speed, but you know, like you don't always need that. Like he's going to get open regardless. Yeah. He's shaking people out of his shoes. Crazy. Uh, and yeah, I just, I think JSM for me is my wide receiver one. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he went in the, the top 12. I'm going to be honest. If, if teams fall in love with him. And I think going into last year, a lot of people were like, oh yeah, teams are not going to pick wide receivers in the in, in, high in the draft. And then what Garrett Wilson went top 10, didn't he? Or top 15. Uh, I think Jahan Dotson went top 15. Like uh, I think like three or four wide receivers went. Yeah, it was Drake, Garrett, uh, Williams, Jameson Williams, and Awave. It all went top 15, right? I'm about to look it up yeah. now. Just so and, maybe, and maybe the Hudson is somewhere in there. Or Dotson, the Hudson. Jahan Dotson was somewhere in there. And so, yeah, I, I just feel like, and granted, I think last year's receiver class was 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 really re- much better than this year's receiver class. But yeah, it went Drake London went eight, Garrett Wilson went 10, Olave went 11, Jamison Williams went 12, uh, Jahan Dotson went 16, and then uh, Traylon Burks went 18. That's yeah. what five or six wide receivers in the top 18 picks. And so I wouldn't be shocked if a team fell in love with JSN and, and took him top 12. I, I really, really like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, he's going to run his 40 at Ohio State's Pro Day. And so. <laughs> We'll see how we'll see what happens then. <laughs> but uh, as for right now, I think he's the most polished guy in this draft. And I think a lot of people kind of know what to expect with that. Like the numbers is just, it's probably not going to look that great, but everyone kind of knows, you know, where he fits in, uh, you know, what kind of player he is. And that 40, I don't think is going to really hurt him as much, especially like what he did at the combine. He's going to do some great things at his pro day. He is smooth. He is very fluid. Like he's, I think he's going to be fine. It just really depends on how a team feels about him and how they feel about the rest of his class as far as where they're going to take him and what they need. How did you did did you look at? I guess we're kind of just talking about receivers now. But did you look at Jalen Hyatt? Because I feel like he was a guy who obviously won the award for the best receiver in the country his last season. He had a crazy. I think he put up five touchdowns on Bama's head. Took the picture with Peyton Manning and everything for Tennessee with head to hooker. and he kind of disappointed at the combine. I think for him, people wanted to see elite speed, and he and the 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 knock against him was like route running and being able to not just beat people downfield, but you know, beat people on the easy stuff, on the outside, on the coming in with slants and stuff like that. And so he ran a four four, which is obviously elite speed, but like I think people were expecting like four three five, you know, like yeah. mid four threes out of him. And so like. When, when th- something is like your strength and you don't exactly match people's expectations, I think that kind of takes a, a, a little bit down. I still personally like Jalen Hyatt. I think he'll be pretty good. I don't think it, I don't think he's in that like, I think my top five in no order, like JSN, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, uh, Josh Downs. Really good. Josh Downs and... I, I struggle after that because I'm not sold on Jalen Hyatt. I'm not sold on Marvin Mims. I'm not sold on Kayshawn Booty. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had another rough. He, he had a tough. he had a he rough combine too. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of like a, a tier of four, and then it kind of breaks after that. But uh, but yeah, did did you have any other notes on anybody, bro? 
Yeah, I've watched some Hyatt. Uh, like I've watched games of Hyatt. I haven't watched any film of Hyatt, but you know, it the forty is a weird thing. Of course, the four four is really good still. Like that's good. Like it's just that's I mean, people, speed. You know, people, like people are really spoiled. Um, and of course, there's guys running four four two four three, all that type of stuff. Um, and the game speed is kind of different as well. Uh, but so I have a little bit more to watch with Hyatt. Uh, I'm, I don't think I'm the biggest fan on of him though, uh, compared to some other guys. But I think he's fine. Uh, as far as anyone else goes, uh, there were other guys like Nolan Smith who really showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, one of the corners, like the corner out of Oregon, uh, probably be one of the first two corners taken. You got Darnell Washington, uh, showed him showed himself a little bit as a yeah, tight end. That little catch, yeah, yeah, it was tough, and he moved well to be a well, what is he six five six six something like that. He's like six, uh, two sixty five. Like he moves very well for that, and I think there's a really good place in it, for him in the league and. Uh, probably, you know, sometimes like a tight end too or something like that. But, you know, there were some really good guys and guys who just didn't t- test well were Kayshawn and I don't think Addison tested as well as I thought he would. Oh, Jordan Addison. He's he's my – he's in my top five. I completely oh, yeah. forgot about him though. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that would be my top five receivers. But, um, yeah, I think that – I think the combine's a weird thing because you go into it with these expectations of how these players are going to perform and, like – a lot of this matters when it comes to to, to like uh, evaluating talent, but also like you need to see them in game environments. And yeah. I, th- I think a lot, and you do see them in that college, but a lot goes into like from the end of college to when you start OTAs and training camp, like these players work on a lot of what they their perceived weaknesses are. And mm-hmm. so I think that's for GM GM. I do not envy GMs in, in player evaluation because that's a hard ass job to do to hit on that. Um, but yeah, the, the combine is always a weird time, but it's so fun. Like seeing guys just yeah, run forties, like what are we doing? <laughs> um, it's so weird, man. It, it's weird uh, from like the outside perspective. Like people get up for this, people go watch this. Like you know, not they don't fill up a stadium, but they like get close to it and. Like know, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole of it. They cheer because yeah. the guy's throwing deep yeah. bombs down the sideline. Like, it's crazy. It's so weird, but uh. You know, it is fun. Draft season is so fun. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to, you know, how this is going to look. And I, even after the draft, you got fantasy season, fantasy drafts. Looking forward to all that stuff, too. So, you know, I got some guys on my radar. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun it's a fun time, man. So, yeah, that was our thoughts on the combine. Obviously, as the NFL draft gets closer, we'll continue to touch on it. But um, kind of circling back to already established NFL players, probably the biggest story in the NFL – well, I guess we'll touch on both, but one of the two biggest stories in the NFL right now, Mr. Lamar Jackson, uh, he obviously is without a contract, right? Well, he signed the franchise tag, the non-exclusive franchise tag for the Ravens. He's obviously not looking to play on the tag. Uh, he doesn't have his own agent, so he's negotiating with other teams. Um, what do you think of the Lamar situation, bro? It is uh, a lot of people are talking about collusion, um, which I don't think is probably true. Uh, it's a weird situation. Everyone's going back to the Deshaun Watson contract and what that looked like and how stupid the Browns were to do what they did. That's an absolute um, liar. Like, and then, like, so many teams were going after Deshaun. Don't get me wrong, but how many of those teams were going to actually give him a, a fully guaranteed contract even then, too? So that's another Well, think, the Falcons were going to sign him. The, the, the yeah, Falcons they were, right? Him. Yeah. But, where they, then, well, but he left for the Browns because of that fully guaranteed contract. This, he was so, like, this is, these guys are idiots. <laughs> of course I'm taking Why? this. Why wouldn't I? Um, so, like, I think that that is an aspect of it. 
Um, it sucks that it's happening to Lamar because he deserves to get paid. Um, it's also sucks that he's having to negotiate his own contract as well, too, because I think that just puts him in a bad spot and it could rub a lot of people the wrong way. And there's no buffer for him. There's no one to help him, you know, um, mediate that and, and really manage that situation. So he's going into it the way he is. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, a contract will come out of this. Uh, it's just a really weird situation having to do with other teams. Um, and also, like, if you go to the draft pick type of thing, of course, he's worth a lot more than that. Um, or he is worth more than that. But it, it's just it's just tough because you know, he signs that offer sheet with that team and then the Ravens can go ahead and match that. And people have been talking about like, like if say, say the Falcons try to actually reach out to Lamar, he signed an offer sheet with them. And then people are talking about like Desmond Ritter, like him being upset about that. Like that's Desmond Ritter, bro. Like what are we doing? He, Who cares? He, he is going to be fine. Like he'll get over it. Like he's not like a franchise quarterback. Like, like he, he, he should know who he is. He's not Lamar. Um, but like, so you can, he can be up, like you can upgrade from him. So like, I don't think that that's a real, um, option in this, in a sense, like that's not a real thing that should hold the Falcons back. Uh, I just think it's everything else. And then the contract, but, and, and I think the weirdest part about it is no one's like really even trying to talk to him. That's just, I a, think that's the, the weird part. And I think that if I had to place my chips or something, I'd say that he isn't a Raven because I feel like that, that relationship is just tarnished. Like from the contract negotiation to, to, to tagging him. And then, you know, they tagged him so that he can go out and, and it can be proven that nobody's going to give you the money you want. And so all these teams come out, the Falcons, the Raiders, the commanders, the dolphins, the Panthers all say they're not interested. Crazy. The Falcons. I don't know why you're not interested. You were about to give the bag to Deshaun Watson. No, knowing everything that came with him, you were still going to give him the bag. So that's crazy to not be in on Lamar. What's changed for you? You know, like what Desmond Ritter? It's that, <laughs> no that's what's changed for you. Uh, the Raiders, you just lost your quarterback. Like you, you have literally no quarter. Like at least the Falcons have Desmond Ritter. I guess they can get Jared Stidham, but like, what are we really doing? You know, like you have Devontae Adams. You're not, you're trying to win. Like you got to be trying to win. There's no point in not. Uh, the commanders whatever you want to start Sam Howe be my guest do whatever you want to do the Dolphins I understand you had Tua you were damn near undefeated with Tua so I understand not wanting to guarantee Lamar 180 mil when you got Tua and then the Panthers I feel like they feel like they can get someone in the draft so probably yeah but they also feel like they're a QB away so, <laughs> so like why go through that uh, that you know that season of like having to have that quarterback develop when you can already have Lamar Jackson and your team is pretty close to you know being like a, a Super Bowl contending team maybe some spots here and there but you got to get that quarterback at the end of the day so why not go after Lamar if it's only going to take two first round draft picks I don't know if I had to guess which team he ends up on I really don't know but I say the Falcons, like it just feels right. Like it, it makes too much sense. Like you were literally going to give Deshaun Watson the bag. Lamar yeah. Jackson is better than Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you know? Like he's an MVP, you know, like he's made the playoffs. Almost, I want to say every year of his career. And it's just, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Uh, and kind of looking at what I, so like I looked at what other quarterbacks are making and I feel like a four-year, $210 million deal. Lamar said that he wants to make more than $50 million. Now, Joe Burrow is going to get the bag. 
Patrick Mahomes' deal is nuts. Yeah. 10 years, 450 million. He won't be a free agent until 2032. Is, <laughs> is insane. He'll be 37 when he's a free agent. And even then, they only guaranteed him 141 mil out of the 450. And that's Pat Mahomes. And so the the Browns are the most idiotic franchise I've ever seen. That is the exception, not the rule. To give him to to give Deshaun Watson 230 mil and fully guarantee all 230 mil is insane. Yeah. Like e- even Josh Allen, I think he he has 150 mil guaranteed. Russell Wilson has 165 mil guaranteed. 230 mil guaranteed. It's crazy. Piss so, a lot of people off. It pissed a lot of people off. Probably pissed tomorrow off. But I think four years, 210 is fair. Like that's 52 and a half mil a year. So on an annual, like talking about annual numbers, that would be the highest paid quarterback in the league right now before Joe Burrow gets his, because they're talking about his going to be 55, 60 mil, which I wouldn't blame them because he's nice as fuck. But um, yeah, I think right now Aaron Rodgers makes the most per year, 50 mil per year, uh, which is why I also don't think he's going to walk away from the game. That's an insane number to walk away yeah. from. But uh yeah, I think 52 and a half mil for Lamar is fine. It's a four-year deal, whether it's with the Ravens or whatever team. You get Lamar for four years, you guarantee 170 million of it, and you keep it pushing. I think that's a fair deal for Lamar. Uh, I just don't know who's going to sign him, but I can't see him playing on the Ravens next year. It's it's Yeah, it's just a weird situation, that dynamic, that relationship. So him going back to that, him being fine when he's back at that after what's happened. And, and of course, we really don't know anything at the end of the day and what's going on, you know, behind doors. But it's just from the outside, it, it's weird. It's it seems murky, weird. right? So. It seems super weird. I don't even know what the Ravens would do if you walked. I guess you start your Pro Bowl or Tyler Huntley. I don't know. <laughs> um, the second biggest story in the league right now, or maybe the first biggest story in the league, is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, is he going to play for the Packers? Is he going to retire? Is he going to be a New York Jet? I want to say that like 10 episodes ago, I said that the Jets should trade for Aaron Rodgers because they're a QB away. And uh, it looks like that might be the wave. So, Khalil, do you, if you had to pick right now, what do you think happens? Do you think he plays for the Packers? Do you think he retires? Do you think he goes to the Jets? What? I think he, I think he goes to the Jets. I don't think he can go back to Green Bay. I think that they want that to be over with. Uh, they are t- very tired of Aaron Rodgers and what he puts them through every single offseason. Um, it hasn't, you know, worked out for them during the regular season. Of course, you know, they were in the playoffs. Uh, they falter every year in some type of way. And then, you know, you drafted Jordan Love. You trade up for him for a, a reason in the first round. And I think they're just ready to start that era. Uh, they're tired of Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers needs a new situation. It'd be weird if he went to the New York Jets because of the Brett Favre thing with going to the New York Jets. Uh, but I think that's the best situation for him. Uh, that roster is it's young, but it's also very, very ready to compete, which is a weird dynamic to it as well. Uh, the coaching staff is a little young there, but they brought in Nathaniel Hackett, which is really good for Aaron Rodgers, having that history with him, having that really good rapport with him. So I think New York makes the New York Jets makes the best sense for Aaron Rodgers to go to. You called it early on. Hopefully it just happens. I think a lot of has to work out for it to happen. But it's very doable. Like you're gonna move mountains to bring in a guy, and selfishly, you know, of course, me being big on Zach Wilson at a certain point, this would be great for Zach Wilson uh, long term. Of course, if you still want him, and you draft you draft him number two, Naj. I know there's this whole thing with 
he hasn't looked good at all. I'll, I'll tell you that. It's fine. I'll admit it. But this this whole thing with like, you know, you you guys got to be ready. You know, like very early, you want a guy, your quarterback, franchise quarterback, to be ready very early on. And of course, I don't think he looked good from the pocket. Uh, the confidence was just gone. He, he lost it there too. But I think bringing in Aaron Rodgers, who is someone he has looked up to for so long, that is very well documented. Like they've complimented each other. I think bringing in Aaron Rodgers is a way to at least try to try to save Zach Wilson the best you can because he's going to respect him. Bringing that vet, he can learn under him. Uh, can study under him and hopefully at a certain point when Rogers retires, Zach Wilson can be there to pick up the pieces. I didn't even think about that aspect of, uh, aspect of, I already liked it for the jets. I think if there's any move for them to make, this is the move. Like if you want to compete next year, I think this is the guy you go get. Derek Carr has already been accounted for. I think Jimmy G doesn't really, obviously Jimmy G is better than Zach Wilson, but I think your ceiling is capped with Jimmy G granted Jimmy G got the Niners to a Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe he's good enough to get the Justice Super Bowl. But if you want the guy for you, I think that's Aaron Rodgers. I also don't think the Packers are going to want too much for him. Like, I don't think it would be that crazy of a deal to get Aaron Rodgers. Um, I just think it's the money. Yeah, I think it's the money. And then I think you've got a built to win at least offense there. You got good defense, too. But you got a built to win. You got uh, Garrett Wilson. He got to, we got to revive Elijah Moore. Uh, <laughs> they dropped Braxton Berrios. Corey Davis is in talks to be released too, but you know, it is what it is. Aaron Rodgers has never made three wide receivers work anyway. Give him a good two and he'll make it. I'm sure Randall Cobb will come along with him. You know, so the, <laughs> that'll be your wide receiver three. There you go. Randall Cobb, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore. Um, you got Brees Hall in the backfield. Granted, he comes, hopefully he comes back from injury. I hope, pray he comes back from injury. Please. Uh, you got Michael Carter back there. I don't know if they want to keep James Robinson or not, but regardless, you've got guys in the backfield. I don't think so either. I don't know why they traded for him, but <laughs> got guys in the backfield that can, you know, produce. Uh, and yeah, the offensive line is already decent. And just got to get def- some guys healthy. Exactly. They just got to stay healthy, but Beckton needs to come back. They get the tackle position right. Uh, and they got tight ends. They got good tight ends. Like it, it's there. It's there. It's there for the taking. They they won what? How many games they win this year? Seven, eight? I think eight. I, I want to say they won eight. They were seven and ten. They oh, were yeah. seven and ten this year with Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, and Mike White. That's a lot. <laughs> like, what are we doing? You add Aaron Rodgers to that, and I think you're cooking with grease. I think you and the Aaron Rodgers, you got you're gonna have Aaron Rodgers, two attack of like, well, with Josh Allen and I guess Mac Jones in the yeah. division. That that'll be fun. And yeah, I think that's what the I think that that's the move. That's the move for the Jets, to be honest. I think that's the only thing they can do to to really make this a, a win offseason for them. Um the other big name that is in trade talks is DeAndre Hopkins, which I don't know how that's gonna work. There's so many teams that apparently are vibrant. The Giants, I think he worked for the Giants pretty well. Daniel yeah. Jones threw 15 touchdowns. <laughs> so I think that would be great. I really want him to go to the Bears. We saw what happened. When they gave uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, we saw what happened when they gave Tua Tyreek Hill. Give my son, Justin Fields, something to work with that is not Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. Miko Hardman is on Twitter, quote, tweeting Justin Fields. He's not the guy. We need somebody <laughs> that is a elite level wide receiver to come and take over. 
um, for, for Justin Fields. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with Hopkins, too. Jalen Ramsey might be on the move. This could be a really crazy NFL offseason. There's no way Ramsey comes back, yeah. There's, yeah, there's no way. No way he comes back. So, he's going to be on the move, too. They're talking about trading Matt Stafford. I don't know if that's happening. But, um, but yeah. yeah some, be- somewhere brought up the Vikings for uh, D-Hop. People have brought up the Chiefs for D-Hop. Uh, you talked about the Bears. Like, there's a there's a lot the of Holmes, Hopkins, could, and Kelsey is nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of places <laughs> that could use his talents. So even the Baltimore Ravens, if they brought back Lamar, like nah, Tyler Huntley would make it work for sure. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's our thoughts on the whole NFL thing. Uh, we're gonna dive into basketball for a little bit. So obviously, Justice is not here, but. I don't know when the last time we recorded was, but I think it was after the deadline, right? Like, we put out an episode after the deadline. Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. We did. Russell Westbrook is no longer a Laker. Thank the sweet Lord <laughs> up above. And since the deadline, the Lakers are 7-4. and four. Uh, One of those losses being to the Bucks on deadline day where we had half of a team. So, really 7-3 and because I'm not counting that one. Okay. But, okay, 7-4 right. and four on the official record books. 3-0 and oh with LeBron and D'Lo. 3-1 and one with just D'Lo. D'Lo should be coming back tomorrow versus the Raptors. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. Mo Bamba's now dealing with an ankle injury. He's out four weeks. Uh, since the deadline, they have the best defensive rating in all of basketball. Shouts to Jared Vanderbilt. They have the number one opponent effective field goal percentage. The number one opponent free throw rate number one number three opponent second chance points they have been just they have the 12th best point differential like they've been a playoff team i'm sorry there's no way (laughs) i've i listened to the bill simmons pod and obviously he's a celtics guy so he says outrageous shit that makes me angry all the time like i will never forget they were talking about trades that directly led to championships being won in the nba and they just refused to bring up anthony davis they refused to bring up the anthony davis trade i'm like okay you know we just won a chip with our first year and after trading for him but whatever it didn't directly correlate to a win and so they were talking about oh who do you believe in do you believe in the lakers and they're like oh the lakers they're not a good team. It doesn't matter what happened after the deadline. That just shows me you don't watch ball. There's no way you could watch the Lakers over the last 8, 9, 10, 11 games and think this team is not a playoff team. When you, Or at least like in contention for playoffs. When you, like We're better than the Jazz. I think we're better than the Thunder. People are like, oh, yeah, Dame's going to get the Blazers in the playoffs. I think we're better than the Blazers. He, granted, they beat us, but I think we're better than the Blazers. <laughs> I think the Pelicans are a tough one. Also, everyone was like, oh, the Lakers are going to give the Pelicans Wemby. Well, what up now? Because <laughs> they're below us in the standings. Um, if the season ended now, we would keep our pick. So I don't know what everyone's talking about, but, you know, let's hit the brakes. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know, bro. Do I think the Lakers are contenders, like real right championship contenders? I want to say yes. I do. I want to say yes, but I'm going to be realistic here. Let us get in the playoffs and you're you're going to have to block me because I'm going to be, (laughs) I'm going to be unbearable. But until then, I'm going to say that we're not contenders, but I can guarantee you nobody wants to see us. The Nuggets could win a stupid little 60 games. Jokic could win his third MVP. I promise you they don't want us. They do not want that matchup. The Kings damn sure don't want that matchup. 
the Grizzlies with uh Larry Hoover definitely don't want that <laughs> matchup. Uh I don't even know who the four seed is. Oh, the Suns. Suns. They're the only two. They I, I put it on Twitter. <laughs> I put it on Twitter. The Suns fully healthy and the Warriors fully healthy are the only two teams in the West that scare me. Outside of that, I'm taking the Lakers in any other first round matchup. Give us the Nuggets, Lakers in six. Give us the Kings, six. Lakers in five. <laughs> give us the Grizzlies, Lakers in six. I don't give a f- I don't care what the Kings did. It's the Kings. What are we talking about here? I'm not taking De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, and DeMontis Sabonis to beat Anthony Davis and LeBron seven games, four games out of seven. I'm not doing it. Um, but yeah, that's my little Lakers rant, Khalil Tony. What do you yeah, think that- about the Lakers? I think if they're healthy, I think they're competing for a championship, quite frankly. Oh, so you think we're contenders? No, yeah, I, I honestly do. I think they – so let's go back to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so upset. Everyone, including myself, was so upset about not getting Kyrie Irving, correct? I, was, I wasn't I was mad. Well, was I mad? I can't remember. You were mad. You were mad. More, you were probably mad. more mad about – you were mad about not – yeah, you were mad. I was um, mad. But I think all the, the, the angers mostly stems from just the thought of keeping Russ – Mm-hmm. As a Laker, I think I mostly sense for that. But I think what actually happened, I would have taken anybody. <laughs> exactly. I think what mostly I think what ended up happening was probably the best case scenario, even over getting Kyrie Irving. You know, you get more depth, you get a point guard, you get a Vanderbilt who brings energy, he brings defense, versatility. Uh, you get to keep Austin Reeves, which you were pissed about <laughs> when they wouldn't offer him up. <laughs> But I and think, Max Christie, come on. But but Austin Reeves is a, a great piece on a team. He's a I, I feel like man, like, he's a te- he's a player you need on a championship winning team. I don't think he's just some slouch on defense. Even though people want to point him out, I think on offense he he's like sneaky, smooth, very uh, very silky. He can you know, operate in a pick and roll, use mid range, has a nice little mid range pull up floater. Uh, like he he's a good player. Like I like Austin Reeves for the Lakers. Uh, you get Malik Beasley who's been shooting well this season. Like. I think they added pieces, uh, the perfect pieces for what the Lakers needed to succeed, what LeBron and AD ultimately needs to succeed. Talking also, nice to me right also, now. Also, you don't have to put all your chips on Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder uh, to be your point guard for a, a championship team, too, who also who has played well, honestly. He has his moments here and there, but he has played well uh, this season for the Lakers, too. Uh, you know, so Darvin Ham. Uh, finally made adjustments with the rotation, so not screwing things up that way. Uh, you love Troy Brown. I feel like, do you love Troy Brown? Maybe I'm- I didn't know he's love Troy Brown, <laughs> but God damn, man. <laughs> he has taken a turn. My boy does not miss. He yeah. tries on defense. He's athletic. Uh, I don't know how much gravity teams believe he has, but, hey, he be knocking that shit down. That's all that matters. If yeah, teams Tro- don't want to guard you, that's their problem. He, come to, he yeah, came to – uh, you need to talk to Riv because Riv is talking mad crap about uh, Troy Brown before the season started. Uh, but uh, Troy Brown has come in to the season with confidence pretty much all year. Like he is looking for his shot. He's playing defense. Like he he's taking it to the basket. Like he he's coming with confidence all season, which I don't know where that came from. Uh, but good for him. Uh, you got Rui also before the trade deadline, which has been huge. Young Kawhi. Like, I'm, playing, I'm playing. I'm playing. I don't know why people keep saying that. Uh, I know he operates in the mid range, but people just keep saying that. Uh, but he he's a really good um, offensive threat for you guys as well too. So like, there are so many pieces on this team. I think I'm forgetting a backup big. Who am I? Uh, Mo, yeah, Mo Bamba, Bamba yeah, Winning Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone else. So I think the Lakers have all the pieces they need to compete. You just got to be healthy at the end of the day. Uh, AD is going through his resurrection period that he went through earlier this season. Uh, so hopefully that's uh, 
you know, keeps up because I think the NBA is better when you have your players healthy and he is a top five, you know, player when he's healthy or, or at least plays like it. Like, you know, put him in there, but he plays like a top five player. So, like, I, I just don't see – I think if people aren't saying they're contenders if they're healthy, they're probably just hating and probably just in denial at the end of the day. Yeah, you know? Damn right. Khalil, this is why I love you, bro, because you, <laughs> you say all this stuff so I don't got to look like a, a crazy Lakers fan. I, I got you. And, I'm and, uh, sure, I'm a LeBron fan, but, like, I like I don't have – like, LeBron is fine at the end of the day. Like, he is who he is. Like, he does not need to prove anything else, no matter what anyone, anyone says, no matter what he says. Uh, so I don't have like a, a stake in this game. Like I'm not a Lakers fan. I just want to see good basketball, and I think the Lakers are a real threat, especially to a a Western Conference that's still vulnerable. Uh, you still got teams figuring it out. The Warriors are at the fifth seed, but they are still figuring it out. Still trying to get healthy. Still trying to get guys back on the floor. KD unfortunately just got hurt. John Morant could be facing some type of suspension. We have no idea what's going games. on right there. We, like, that's crazy, bro. Like, what a turn. Uh, the Kings are probably one of the worst two seeds we'll ever see in the playoffs. I think they're fine. They're fine. But it's not like – I just don't think they can make a run like a normal two seed would, you know? And um, listen, if they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong. But I'm right. willing, I'm, I'm willing and, to die on that hill. And <laughs> they've proved everyone wrong. Like, even Kings fans and people who were high on the Kings – there, no way they thought they're gonna be at the two. Sorry, so they're not. You're not lighting that beam four times on me. You're not so doing it. They prove everyone wrong. Uh, Clippers are gonna be a weird team in the playoffs. I mean, you got Kawhi and, and Paul George, but uh, barely play. I just don't think they're putting. It, I just don't think they're gonna put it together. And of course, you're gonna rely on Russell Westbrook to some extent too, uh, which we've seen what that looks like. One and uh, five. The Mavs can't play defense. Uh, Timberwolves. Did they win last night? Did the Clippers uh, win last night? Uh, who they play? Do you remember? I want to say they played the Pacers, but I might be wrong. They played the they played the Raptors and they won by eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you got you know the Timberwolves, Mavericks. I don't know. Pel- Pelicans can't be healthy. Not really a threat without Zion. So I don't know, man. The Western Conference is wide open, and if the Lakers are healthy, what what are you gonna do? Western Conference is nuts. Lakers got to make the playoffs. Uh, what do you think about? Like, we can move on to the East. What do you think about the Knicks? And what do you think about? I, I want your opinion on two teams: the Knicks and the Celtics. I think they're on two different trajectories right now. I think yeah. the Celtics are a little bit on the downturn, uh, and I think the Knicks were one of the hottest teams in basketball. I think their nine-game win streak got snapped by the Hornets. Yeah. Uh, and so, what what do you think about them, bro? Uh, I think the Knicks are a very scary team for the playoffs coming up. Uh, you got guys; they have a lot of depth in that team. Uh, they got a, guys who can score Jalen Brunson and I don't know <laughs> like okay so with the, the Mavs situation with Jalen Brunson I think everyone's been saying like the Mavs are um, they're upset right now right because they didn't pay they didn't pay him the first time when they should have should have paid him the first time that's fair I don't I don't know if they should have put all I still don't think they should have put all their you know uh, chips and whatever it is, you know, all their chips, all in their the chips in a basket, yeah, something like all that. Their, all their balls in a basket, I don't something know. like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, but like, I don't think they should have like, like he's in uh, his values right now is great, but I don't think he's the right fit with a player like Luca, uh, and, and we've seen that. So like, I think the Knicks is that that was a perfect situation for him, perfect situation for the Knicks. Like, and I I don't think anyone saw this type of play coming out of uh, Jalen Brunson, but being the number one point guard for that team. Uh, he's done amazing. Julius Randle, you know, coming back and resurrecting himself as well has been huge. 
Josh Hart Trey was phenomenal and has added so much juice to that team. RJ Barrett is kind of like a a wild card type of thing. You don't know what you're going to get from him, but a little bit of a disappointment, but thankfully the rest of the team is much better than everyone thought. Yeah. and, And he has his moments even then too, and he can come up and, come up with a 30-point game out of nowhere, which is going to be huge for the Knicks, especially if Brunson and Randall aren't going at it. Uh, I think it's a team that still has uh, some kinks to figure out in crunch time. I think Julius Randall gets a little bit weird on the offensive end of, uh, of the ball, uh, just going with some hero ball, some ISO-type ball. Of course, he hit that game winner against uh, uh, the Heat, and he's hit so many uh, other big game shots, but I think they have some stuff to figure out there. Uh, but it's a team who's playing very well on defense. They have different lineups to throw out there with Mitchell Robinson, Hartenstein, Josh Hart, Quickly, Grimes. Uh, Quickly's been a huge form as well, especially with Brunson being out. So like, it's a very scary team uh, who can match up with a lot of teams. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make a, actually a big title run, of course, uh, but they are going to piss off a lot of teams, and it's not going to be an easy you know, uh, you know, four-game series, and even in that sense, too. And with the Celtics on that end, I felt this way pretty much all season, even stems back to last season, but it's just a team I don't really trust at the end of the day, uh, even when it comes to, you know, getting to the playoffs. Of course, Jason Tatum has had an MVP-like type of year, uh, but there's been so much injury history with this team this season. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown's been injured at some points, too. Uh, Robert Williams cannot play to save his life. Uh, I don't think the depth is all, the depth is always there like we thought it was going to be with some injuries as well too. Brogdon has been huge, but it's just a team I don't trust. Uh, I think they still make key mistakes in big moments. I, I think there are some nights where they don't bring it, and I don't think they're going to. I think that's that's going to hurt them in the playoffs at the end of the day. I think for me, I guess I'll start on the Celtics. I think for me, there's four real contenders in the NBA. Uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to count the Lakers, obviously. Do I think we can win a chip? Yes. But like as currently constructed team by team right now, I think the Suns are contenders. I think there's five. I think the Suns, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Celtics, and the Bucks. I think those are my five. Um, For the Celtics, I think they're going through a, uh, I think they kind of hit like a wall post all-star break. And, but, but I, I still think they're one of the, four or five best teams in the NBA because healthy, there's nothing that they can't do. Like they have, they have two super, they have a superstar and a really high level guy who two guys that can drop 40 on any given night, MVP candidate, a defensive player of the year, another all defensive guy in Robert Williams, one healthy Al Horford, uh, obviously Marcus Smart. they have shooting, they have size, they can run, they, they play well in transition, they play defense, like they're a decent rebounding team. There's nothing that I feel like they can't do. They can go small. They, have well, they, multiple, haven't, they haven't defended very well. Uh, they have, especially in comparison to last year. So like, but like, I feel like in, in just player by player, like they have five guys that they can throw out there. Like Grant Williams can play defense, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. And then eh, you want to give Al Horford, you know, he does his thing. Um, <laughs> But I just feel like push come to shove, like that's not an easy out in a plate. Like I think that they are, I think maybe their regular season success is, is kind of dwindling, but in the playoffs, I still, I don't know if I would take anyone else to, to make the finals outside of them in the bucks. Like, I mean, yeah, but okay. Over 82 game season though, like, man, you, I feel like you create so many bad habits. Like, how many nights have they just like turned it on and really defended and locked down people? 
like like they did last season. Like I don't think we've seen that, and that could be a, a coaching thing. Most would probably say it is a big coaching thing and losing that personality, losing that defensive scheme in there too, and just that intensity and that accountability as well. Like I don't I don't know. Like I just I just think it's I think it's hard for a team like that, uh, like they have experience, but something just feels off, and I don't know if they can just turn it on like that and and show mm-hmm. us something that we haven't seen consistently since last season and in the playoffs last season, especially. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it'll be interesting. I think the Eastern conference finals goes one way. I think it's bucks Celtics, no matter which way you split it. Yeah. Uh, Obviously the Celtics beat the bucks last year. They didn't have Chris Middleton. I'm curious to see how that goes this year. Cause if everyone is healthy, uh, I think it's tough to bet against Giannis in any series against any team. I think he's the best player on, on on the planet. And so whenever you're going up against a guy like that, I think that it's just tough to bet against them. But for me, I think the Celtics are still a top tier team. I just think they're they're struggling in the playoffs for I mean in the regular season right now. For the yeah. Knicks, I think they're a really, really good team. <laughs> it's weird. I, I think they're a really, really good team. I I don't think they're contenders. I, I think that I think they are a I think their ceiling is the second round. Uh I wouldn't be shocked if they got bounced in the first round, but I think they're a well-constructed roster, you know? Like, I think they have a lot of guys that work really well together. Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson are, they're going to give teams problems. I think Julius Randle, when he has those explosive, like explosive great games hitting six threes, seven threes, like you're, there's no way to guard him. <laughs> you know? Like he, you can't, you, you can't just play him in the post because he'll spin, move back you down, jab, jab. <laughs> like he, <laughs> He he has a very like unique play style. Yeah, they were calling it. I think on Bill Simmons, they were calling it like herky jerky type of like ISO game, <laughs> yeah. which is which is really true. Like it's you just can't really guard it. Like you, it's so unpredictable and it's it's so weird. But I think I think that Josh Hart trade did a lot for them. Gave them a guard that can rebound. Obviously, Jalen Brunson is cooking anybody. He's had multiple forty point games this year, which I don't think a lot of people think he had in him. I didn't think he had multiple 40 point games in him but clear, <laughs> clearly i was proven wrong um yeah i think the knicks are a good team i think they are a this is the best knicks the best knicks have been since the mellow era easily like th- yeah. this team and, and people didn't think they were that good even then too, no, so. no. <laughs> this team is gonna cause problems i don't think i think how i don't think teams want to see the knicks like i wouldn't be ups- i wouldn't be shocked if they upset a sixers i wouldn't be up i wouldn't be shocked if they upset a Cavs. What about what about ECF then? You don't think they can make it there? I don't. I think it's Celtics Bucks. Okay. I think I I don't think that I my friend is a Knicks fan. I live in New York, so all my friends are fucking Knicks fans. But they, he swears they can beat the Celtics. Granted, I think they won the season series versus Celtics. Yes. <laughs> I think they won the season. Hey, we won the season series versus the Warriors. So I mean, but um, I think that but the Magic won the season series versus the Celtics. So like what you know, like yeah, I don't really take that into that much account. Um, I think in a four game on a seven game series, the Celtics probably win in six. Uh, but I think they're, they're tightly contested games. I think they are. I just think that the Celtics have been there. The Celtics have done it. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals multiple times now. They've been to the Finals once to Knicks. No one on the Knicks. I guess Jalen Brunson went to the Western Conference Finals, but outside of that, no one's really been there before. Um, yeah. Yeah, for a team to be as experienced as Celtics are, I just feel like they do so many inexperienced type of things sometimes. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. 
No, I think they're pretty undisciplined sometimes. Why? Like, why? I, I think they play down to their level. Like they play down. Like if they think they're better than teams, they play down to their level. Like they like the ma- the magic of the perfect example. Like they should blow the magic out every game. There is no one like they should not be getting cooked by Franz Wagner and, and people <laughs> like that. They just shouldn't be. But they play down to their competition and they end up losing games. And I think when the playoffs start, that shit has to end. Um. I, d- I would love to see a Celtics Knicks uh, playoff series. I think the I think the Knicks match up very well with the Celtics. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying the Knicks gonna be, win. I'm not saying them, that. That would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> but I I was looking at the West like the so let's say the Lakers get the eight seed. The I I did it for Fanduel, so I I have it up. I did like my seed my seed prediction. Um, let's say the Lakers get the eight seed. The Clippers get the seventh seed. Uh, the Mavericks get the six. Grizzlies four. Suns three. Kings two. Nuggets one. That would mean the Pelicans, the Blazers, the Timberwolves don't make the playoffs, which is kind of crazy to say, but yeah. whatever. Uh, the first round matchups would be Nuggets Lakers, which is crazy. I think that's crazy. <laughs> uh, Kings Clippers. We already saw that's always a battle. They had like the third highest scoring game in NBA history yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Always a battle. Suns Mavs. We get Book nice. versus Luca again. Really nice. <laughs> Kyrie versus KD again. They First hate round. each other. Hate each other. And then Grizzlies Warriors. Dylan Brooks and Draymond. John Steph. Like that's a bag. The Western Conference this year. Is gonna be great. The playoffs, I cannot wait, bro. That's like, the perfect first round. <laughs> that's the perfect first round. Like, I cannot wait for that. Um, and yeah, I think that's what we wanted to talk about. Uh, uh yeah, I mean, pretty much like I don't know, it's been a, a crazy NBA season, and the playoffs are only gonna get crazy. I cannot wait for the playoffs, like, bro. So much to look forward to. And and we, well, we still got what two weeks? I think so two weeks. Two, I think two, each three team weeks, has so. like 17 to 20 games left or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. So so there's a lot to be figured out. There's a lot of teams still figuring this stuff out, but there's a lot of parity right now with these records. Um, yeah, playoffs going to be amazing, man. One quick question before we go. Who's your MVP? <laughs> Do you remember who I said on our preview pod with Riff? No, nah, bro, I actually don't. Who did you say? Do you remember who I said? And I got clowned. I want y'all to, we're going to go back and watch that motherfucker because I said who was going to win MVP. And y'all were like, no way. It's not possible. Nikola Jokic. You said Jokic? I said Jokic. I said he's going and back. And we clowned you for that? To back. Yes. Y'all were like, then I give this no, three times. Then I give no, this home three times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. No, I'm going to have to go back and watch that because I don't. Uh... My mine was Tatum, and that that's not gonna work out. They they might win sixty games. The Nuggets might win sixty games. It's possible. It's possible. And Jokic, I think he gets it again. I think he'll never win another one ever. But I think <laughs> I think he gets like they're not giving it to him four back to back to back. But I think they give it to him this year. I think it's him or Embiid. But for me, it's Jokic. What if he doesn't? Is it? What if he doesn't finish with a triple double? I think you still get it to him. He still gets it. If they win fifty-eight games and they're the one seed in the West, and the Sixers are the three or four seed, I don't see how they give it to Embiid. That stat padding thing is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 
No, I mean they need him to win games. Like that's dumb. They, that's they dumb. Need him to win Isn't games. he like undefeated this season when he's averaging triple double? Aren't they? Undefeated? I think so. Yeah, that which is nuts, bro. What? <laughs> which is nuts. That's just how he. That's just how he plays. Like this, their offense. They run it through him. Uh, like he is generating very quality shots for his teammates. Like I, I, I don't know. Like and they're the number one seed. Like what are you? What are you talking about? Oh, the, the, the Warriors are playing, and Draymond and Dylan Brooks are already. Oh Lord, I love it. Already giving it up. I love that. I got Dylan it. Brooks deserve every bit. He deserves all of the smoke. <laughs> he deserves every bit of the smoke. Um, he said the dynasty doesn't start with you; it starts after you. That's, that's hard. A, that's a bar. That's, cold. <laughs> that's a bar. <laughs> that's cold. Yeah, um, Dylan Brooks is terrible. Like I thought, I thought this was last season. Like he's, he's the just, reason we won the Grizzlies game first. Like, he is not good, and I don't know why he has like the green light i don't know i don't know what it is no one holds him accountable whatever he sucks he's as an nba player on a winning team we're gonna go ahead and get on up out of here i want y'all to remember if you don't remember anything remember dylan brooks is ass and so um (laughs) we're gonna get about him make sure you subscribe to the pod on apple podcast on spotify leave the five star rating and reviews uh follow us on twitter at run it up pod follow us on tiktok at the run it up podcast follow me on twitter at Najee adams underscore Khalil at below 44 Either. justice at J Reed or J Reed two one of them. It'll be in the description though. It'll be in the description. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys have a litty day, a litty night, a litty life. And just like we do on every episode of this podcast, make sure y'all go run it up. Sure. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Run It Up podcast. If you want to keep up and see what Najee is up to, follow him on Twitter at NajeeAdams underscore. Hit him with some questions or topics that you want to hear in the next episode of the Run It Up podcast.